Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and I'm here tonight with a special guest co-host, Jay Dragon, Editorial Director at Possum Creek Games. Jay is best known for Wander Home, a pastoral fantasy TTRPG about traveling animal folk in a post-war world. And we are here to try to make some sense out of what I'm confused about in some new direction that was announced by Kickstarter recently regarding the future of their site, moving to a blockchain format, whatever the F that means, uh, which is also related to NFTs and cryptocurrency. Again, whatever those are. Basically, I'm confused. And often when I'm confused, what I do is I go to someone smarter than me, not hard to find, and I ask that person, can you help me be less dumb? And that's what Jay is here to do today to help me be less dumb. So Jay, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on, Michael. I'm excited to help you be less dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. That so was... <laughs> no, again, it, it, truth and advertising. Um, I am many things, never claim to be a smart man. Now, you know, again, we talked briefly before we went live. I... I have a vested interest in Kickstarter. I run a convention, um, a Catacon, every year. We use Kickstarter to fund. Um, I have a game that I'm hopeful will be on Kickstarter in 2022. And then just within uh, probably like a month, month and a half ago or so, there was an announcement made by Kickstarter that indicated that they were going to move their platform onto the blockchain. And my Twitter sphere blew up. People <laughs> were wild like they were losing their minds oh. and i again i'm admittedly not smart i'm like i don't really understand all of this so i'm not sure why people are upset but the people that seem to be upset are people i respect so i assume that they're right and i'm wrong and since then there's been communication you know people are like i'm never going to back a kickstarter again i'm not going to do things on kickstarter again my game the the person i'm working with my editor they're not sure they want to use kickstarter to fund the game that i you know we already had plans to go to kickstarter so i have a very big vested interest but i'm very dumb so again that's that's this we're going to start from there so i guess we'll start with what is your understanding of what kickstarter actually said mm -hmm. and then we'll go to what that actually means cuz i think those are different so here is what kickstarter is up to from my understanding which um i should know they have not gone fully public with the details of their plan, but this is what they've talked about so far, which is partnering okay. with Celo, uh, who is a Ethereum minting company uh, that claims to be carbon neutral, but we can talk about why claims of carbon neutrality aren't reliable later. And Celo is claiming to help Kickstarter effectively move their back-end servers, the stuff that they use to maintain um, Kickstarter itself, into a blockchain model. Now, mm. th the critical thing to know about what I just said is that it doesn't really make sense. And the fact that you're okay. a little confused is part of it. Because <laughs> what Kickstarter is talking about is half... Like, basically what they've announced is just vague enough that it can mean any number of things. But the crux of right. it is what I just said, which is that they're partnering with CeeLo in order to move some in some way their 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 ostensible goals to decentralize Kickstarter. What that what that appears to look like is moving from their perspective is moving Kickstarter's infrastructure, the software itself, into a blockchain model. And there's a there's a few things about that. Critically, so there's there's a few things to talk about with blockchain. And I think from from my point of view. 
there is the the what I call kind of the moral argument and the pragmatic argument. Okay. So on, the moral argument is that blockchain technology and the stuff that comes out of it, we're talking cryptocurrency, we're talking NFTs, uh, these are wildly destructive to the environment. It is currently estimated that uh, Bitcoin alone consumes more energy per year than Argentina, like the entire country of Argentina. And this right. number has, if you've heard this statistics a couple of years ago, you probably heard it was Denmark, right? Every year it, it continues to grow almost exponentially. And that fucking, it's, it's, sorry, it's horrible. Um, no, you can okay. Oh, great. Perfect. It's fucking horrible. Um, <laughs> um, additionally, um, most, and there have been no proposals on approaches to this that will make it environmentally friendly. The closest we have seen are proof of stake models which is another approach to how cryptocurrency is structured, which does bring it down to the scale of like the amount of energy it takes to do a credit card transaction instead of the amount of scale, the amount of energy it takes to run a server farm in the middle of nowhere, you know, so you kind of lower the energy cost law, but proof of stake has not yet been implemented. The system hasn't been switched over to it. Um, and stuff like carbon neutral or carbon offsetting that CeeLo is talking about isn't, it's not a good proposal in the same way that like the example I kind of use when explaining this to my mom, cause my mom works in art and a lot of her artists that she works with are thinking about NFTs and she is right. against them. So she wanted to, I, she wanted my help to form a conversation about it. But the thing about carbon offsetting, uh, is like if I shat in your mouth and then gave you free toothpaste and called that a fecal offset, you wouldn't be happy about it, right? And similarly, carbon offsetting is not an effective model because even though theoretically you are paying off the damage you have caused, that doesn't actually, like, that doesn't doesn't make the damage disappear, you know? Mm -hmm. It it doesn't, like, neutralize it. It offsets it, Mm -hmm. which isn't always equal. Yeah, exactly. And, like... And, you know, mm-hmm. and I've also some of the, again, I've, I've done some reading, but mm-hmm. as a dumb person, it doesn't always make sense. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these things, it, it somewhat works like our government. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not pro or, or negative at this mm-hmm. point, but mm-hmm. like they'll say, hey, this will pay itself off in 10 years. Mm-hmm. There's always some math in that that's like, mm-hmm. well, but that only if this, this, and this also happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So being carbon neutral might only work out in 37 years mm-hmm. if a thousand other things happen. So you're yeah. really not carbon neutral exactly. until you are and exactly. they're not at this point. And by then, and right, and in 37 years, the Maldives could be underwater. So like, you know, like, like what good is yeah. that done? Um, so uh, that's kind of, to me, the moral argument. And it's a really kind of critical way of understanding that. And like morally, what Kickstarter has done has aligned itself with a section of kind of the tech bro, tech industry world that is very reactionary, very conservative, very manipulative and scummy and dangerous. You know, those kind of like whiny, weird, creepy dudes who are, you know, kind of, you know, kind of do this manipulative thing. They've aligned themselves morally with that in a very loud and forceful way that's ruined years of, of public trust. And to me, that's kind of the moral argument about it. Um, right. and, and I, I agree mm-hmm. with everything you've yeah. said so far. So mm-hmm. again, yeah. my limited understanding mm-hmm. is it, it feels like to me mm-hmm. that in and of itself, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, and I, I'm not a cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. I don't have any, I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. But from my understanding is it in itself isn't necessarily evil, mm-hmm. but that 
the people who are adopting it now are the ones mm-hmm. who are using it for evil. Yeah, that they yeah, are absolutely. trying to manipulate like the NFT mm-hmm. scams where you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. understand exactly, but basically it's like, hey, mm-hmm. here's a, here's a thing that only one exists. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you pay me, I will tell you where it is. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no guarantee I won't tell anyone else, but I'm only going to tell you that I told mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So exactly. there's people making literally millions of dollars because mm-hmm. they're scamming all the other people who are like mm-hmm. me who don't know any better, but they're dumb enough to put their money in, mm-hmm. into it. But then in them themselves, they're not necessarily mm-hmm. evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and one of the examples. Mm-hmm. So one of the examples I've, I've I've read about is so like if you go to a concert, if you want to go see mm-hmm. Ariana Grande, there's yeah. a good chance that your ticket will be an NFT next year because it's going to be a one time only you mm-hmm. get to use it mm-hmm. when you go to the Super Bowl, when you go to the mm-hmm. Knicks game, whatever. So it's not like NFTs are by themselves terrible. There's mm-hmm. probably going to be some use for them, mm-hmm. but currently. The people who are mm-hmm. most on board are the ones who are using it for their own selfish mm-hmm. gain, and they're morally corruptible, and mm-hmm. they're doing awful things with it. So yeah, I don't absolutely. Mean, I don't know if I even said anything there. No, no, I think I think that's accurate. And like like NFTs, I I have I think that I have kind of some things about NFTs which kind of are feel a little bit beyond the scope of the conversation because I'm I'm a little like you know I think that part of the appeal of the internet is that it's a post scarcity environment. And artificially introducing scarcity in a way where it's like, why not just track this in a server? Why not just, like, have a receipt? Because most of these NFTs, like, the kind of classic NFT art scam, right, where I'm selling you uh, an adolescent monkey making a bored expression, what that is, is it's kind of a, a Brooklyn Bridge kind of scam, you know? Like, I'm selling you the, I'm selling you the Brooklyn Bridge. Here's a receipt. Go hang the receipt mm-hmm. on your wall. But <laughs> in order to do that, like, and you can say like, oh yeah, yeah, and there, there, there's nothing morally wrong with a receipt, right? Or like, there's nothing morally wrong with like a debit card transaction or whatever. There, and you're right, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with those technologies. But right now, they are inefficient at a scale that is very harmful. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the challenge. Um, due to the way that, uh, the blockchain effectively works, where it relies on because it's decentralized, right? Instead of having a central database, the blockchain looks towards, it's a decentralized structure, which means every part of it needs to contain every other part. So every time you add a new part to it, every other part gets bigger. And Mm -hmm. as each part gets bigger, it takes up more and more energy to maintain. And then when you have to change something, it's more... And so it's this it's this snowball effect that, yeah, wasn't harmful or isn't harmful on a small scale, but structurally it's, it's very destructive and the proposals on how to solve that have not yet, they're nowhere near being implemented yet. They're not present yet. And I think that also really well dovetails into my pragmatic argument against Kickstarter. The reason why I think on a practical level, I am very invested in getting away from Kickstarter, which is, I think the best way to put it, right, is if Kickstarter did a newsletter announcing that they, uh, their new CEO is a Nigerian prince they contacted via email, and that Nigerian prince is going to be giving them $10 million and they'll use it to make the company better. So there's two mm-hmm. worlds here. One of which is, oh, maybe Kickstarter has been, has become this, like, Nigerian government royalty money laundering scheme and like, oh, there's all these ethics around the the Nigerian prince and like, you know, is this moral? But then there's also the simple fact that 
there's a very good chance that this is just a scam. That the, the Kickstarter has been duped <laughs> because, yes. like, maybe, like, and I, I saw a really great tweet, which is that there's a very good chance that when Kickstarter says we're adding the blockchain, they mean it in the same way that five years ago, all these companies were like, we're switching to cloud computing. And what they did was they took, they just, they, they were like, we did it. They didn't, they didn't change anything. They just wrote cloud computing on a post-it note and stuck it up on their wall. And the difference, right, right is that blockchain and NFTs is being propagated by these very manipulative people who are looking to, to scam. And so what mm -hmm. Kickstarter has effectively announced through their implement through their claimed implementation of blockchain and their dodginess around what that actually means, what that looks like to me is that either they're trying to make a sucker out of me or they're getting made a sucker, you know, like right. someone is getting punked here and I'm not sure who it is, but that is to me a very practical, like reason why regardless of kind of the carbon offsetting, regardless of the moral situation, Kickstarter's out of themselves as a bunch of fools. And that combined mm -hmm. with their anti-union stuff and their like the sort of incredible kind of like ineptitude that their upper management has demonstrated over the past three or four years. It 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 seems to me that the decision to divest from Kickstarter is just as much about uh getting off the sinking ship before it starts to sink. Um, and I think that will is, is, is maybe in six months, Kickstarter will walk it back. Maybe it turns out that when they say they're adding blockchain, they don't mean they're doing anything. They're just making a shareholder happy, but still mm -hmm. their decision to do it. And the way they doubled down was such a clear sign of a lack of care and a lack of commitment to their creators. Now I'm going to tell you something interesting. So, we haven't quite announced this yet, and we, we'll, we'll, we're not so this, and I'm not even sure if there's anything announced, but, like, a few a few weeks ago, Indiegogo started courting me. <laughs> and okay. they, when I met with them, they promised me a team. They, like, connected me with folks on their staff who would be working alongside me. When I talked to GameFound, because GameFound's been kind of courting me, when I talked to GameFound, you know, there are people on the team who are dedicated people there to help you. Now, I've been doing Kickstarter for about two years, three, oh, three years at this point. And that's not that much in comparison to other people. But I made, I've made probably cumulatively about half a million on the site. Um, never once has Kickstarter had a person talk to me. I've never had a video meeting or a face-to-face -face or a phone meeting with anyone in any part of Kickstarter. And even when I told them, because I emailed them about it, I emailed them about the NFT stuff. And when they told me they were committed to it and they sent me the canned email that they sent everyone who emailed them, they sent this kind of canned reply. I was like, all right, well, then I, I'm not going to be using Kickstarter after, after my next big project. And they replied with another canned email. They phoned it in. And what that demonstrates to me is that they are not committed to their creator base, right? They have no loyalty to their creator base. They are not invested in holding on to their creators. They're not invested in fighting for us. There's nothing, they're not standing up for us. Regard, you know, the NFT stuff to me is the straw that breaks the camel's back because we're seeing a company mm -hmm. that has grown complacent and has grown uncaring with the people who, who are its income, who generate, right. who do the work to make Kickstarter function. Um, and and so. I don't, and again, I don't have any, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm trying the word I'm trying to say, like right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I think it's because Kickstarter knows they are the only game in town. Yeah. 
really, mm-hmm. that does what they do to the size that they do. Yes, yes. there are these others. Uh, mm-hmm. Game on. Is it game? Game found. Game found. Game, game. There's another one. Game found. There's another one that I can never remember the name of. Um, there's Indiegogo, of course. Indiegogo has its own things, but right. you know, there's 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 back and forth we have there. Um, and then there's. But, but when it comes to yeah. size, Kickstarter is in a in a room by yeah. itself. And I think that's part of it. I think the other issue is, again, I'm not necessarily the most techie person in the world. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Yeah. So Kickstarter for me, I think I have backed one Kickstarter that was not gaming related. I've yeah. probably backed 30, 40 mm-hmm. Kickstarters, right? Yeah. But I, I would be interested to see, I'm sure there's there's numbers somewhere, but like what's the breakdown of Kickstarter revenue from games versus surfboards and new microwaves and oh, a new yeah. projector? I'm sure it's if not insignificant, it's minimal. Yeah, and I mean, when people... Well, also, I mean, when people... The interesting thing is when we talk about, you know, what is Kickstarter? And you, I've, I've read articles and I've read stock reports and I've kind of looked at, you know, kind of that quarterly stuff. Because Kickstarter is a public good company, which I don't quite understand the details of. Jian Shim uh, has talked a little bit about it, I believe, on Twitter. Um, but Kickstarter effectively has signed kind of these this paperwork saying that they are acting in the public interest and in the interest of their of their folks but when you look at kind of the stuff they publish about you know how things are going surprisingly tabletop games do represent an important part of their revenue like it is a okay. it is a big chunk and of course you know not a lot of that is tabletop rpgs a lot of that is board games um but we are we're i, I saw i think i think that's a number i saw someone put up was um if Kickstarter if if all if all of Kickstarter was a publisher, it would be massively larger than any publisher in the game, including like like barring like all of Hasbro together, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's if you took D and D on its own, it would be bigger than D and D, right? Um so Kickstarter as kind of an RPG publishing tool is a really important part of our industry. And it's a really important part, both kind of financially, because it's kind of the only way for a lot of us to do what we do. It's the it's important marketing-wise, because it's the only way we can do a lot of what we do. Uh, and right. it's really important culturally, because a Kickstarter and making the book through the Kickstarter is an important milestone for a lot of RPG creators. It culturally feels very important. Hmm. And I can't, I can't tell you whether or not to put up your next thing on Kickstarter, right? For me, it was a, it's a, I'm in a spot right now where, where I, we go back and forth, right? Where it's one day we're like, oh, well, you know what? We're completely done with Kickstarter. And the next day it's like, we have no choice because what, what it is, is it's a lot of, you know, like we are one of the few companies in a lucky position, right? Because we have an established audience who will follow us around, but if going from Kickstarter to wherever would mean a 50% cut in the crowdfunding success, that would be devastating for us. And like, it would be really hard for us to recover. And like, it's hard to do the math on that. It's hard to do kind of the, the calculus to see if it's worth it. Right. Cause it's, it's theoretical at, at that point. Cause that's also sort of the mm-hmm. issue I'm in because Kickstarter doesn't do anything innovative at this point yeah like they might have been before all they do is help you manage pledges mm-hmm. i could build a website well i couldn't mm-hmm. you probably could somebody could <laughs> somebody build a could. website in 30 minutes with squarespace mm-hmm. that does that you know mm-hmm. and that's what these other sites have already kind of done mm-hmm. but what kickstarter does do 
is bringing you a whole lot of extra eyes to your mm-hmm. project. And, and that's yeah. what you can't just math and go, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, like I have probably a big enough following from my Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, and the podcast that if I launch my game and I make a reasonable goal, mm-hmm. I could probably just have people PayPal me mm-hmm. and we could probably make it work. Mm-hmm. But there's that, like you said, there's that sort of the prestige, I guess. Yeah. If you put it on Kickstarter, you're going to get people who come there who don't mm-hmm. know who you are, who just see that because of the art or because mm-hmm. of this or because of that. And, you know, is that another $1,000 or is that $100,000? Who the F knows mm-hmm. until you get on there and start messing with it. So mm-hmm. it could be a complete, you know, it could be a difference of me having this game that I've always wanted to do versus now me being a professional game designer for the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. That's what Kickstarter could do for me. Mm-hmm. And am I willing to give that up? That's the position I'm trying to yeah. figure out. I don't and, know yet. And, and the answer really is, is that I think there's been a lot of good kind of establishment that there are there are a lot of different like we're gonna have to take a lot of different paths and I anticipate the next year we're gonna see a lot of experimentation and if you go on Kickstarter right now uh, there are some really interesting projects like there's um a mother uh, sorry there's a um a, what's it called uh, mothership there's a mothership yeah book that's making a ton of money that's doing really well that people are supportive of that people are invested in and, you know that sort of thing is doing really well. Um, and you're seeing these kind of successes on Kickstarter. Um, and you're also seeing people experiment. People are trying out GameFound. You know, I know, um, there's, you know, there's talk about organizing special stuff for GameFound. And like Indiegogo doesn't have an RPG section, but like they're putting their feelers out. They're kind of trying to create that environment. And there's kind of a lot of, you know, I think that like if you want to do a Kickstarter in 2022, I don't think anyone could blame you. I don't think that that is a, I think that that is a, a, like, that we live in a world where, have you seen The Good Place? Oh, yes. I love The Good Place. You know that thing in The Good Place where it's like, no one gets to go to heaven because every single. It's impossible to be a good person. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and that is, that is just true, right? Where like the, the calculus you're doing is, is like, you know, it's, it's this kind of like, you know, and like you mentioned, you know, PayPal likes crypto, right? Like all these things are hosted on Amazon's web servers and Amazon yeah. makes people pee in bottles. So like, how can we make any of this moral, right? Right. There's kind of yeah. this, 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 this apathy, this kind of this horror in the face of the fact that nothing that we could possibly do is moral because we live in a society which penalizes our ability to make that kind of penalizes our ability to do what we want to do, which is support each other and take care of each other. Um, and I think that, you know, in, like if you launch a Kickstarter next month, I think that it will not see a, a dent. I don't think you will see a dent in sales because of what's going on with Kickstarter right now. I think that maybe there's a couple of people who wouldn't back it, you know, who, who weren't going to back anything, but there are a couple of people who wouldn't back, you know, something because, you know, like, it's not their kind of game or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's kind right. of always, there's always that little bit of a shed. I think that the reason why many people are looking at stuff besides Kickstarter is um, people, it's, it's Kickstarter has written on the walls that it's time to run away. And when you do a Kickstarter, you build an audience there and it can be hard to pull that audience to somewhere else. Kickstarter is kind of greedily kind of hoards your ability to connect with its own audience. 
And so I think what you want to be prepared for is if you do a Kickstarter this year, you know, like, again, purely pragmatic, not even on the moral level. I think the thing you'd want to be prepared for is that, you know, let's say you do a, a good Kickstarter. It's, it's very successful. You get, you know, like 2,000, 3,000 backers. And you're like, whoa, hey, this is incredible. And then you're going to have to get those backers to somewhere else because they're, you're not going to want, you can't trust Kickstarter with being your right. home forever. You know, five years ago, you could probably, like, I think a lot of some of those evil hat and, you know, like, things like that have, you know, like, are able to trust that Kickstarter will, can be their home base. And Kickstarter has ruined that trust. And it's put a lot of mm-hmm. kind of emerging companies, emerging creators in a lot of jeopardy because that the trust of the home base, the trust of the long term is gone. So I think that if your goal is to get in there, make a quick buck, make a cool thing, get out again, Kickstarter is Kickstarter. It's not going to be, you know, I don't think you can you can comfortably argue that you are doing some kind of uniquely immoral act by doing that. Um, right. But if your goal is to build an audience, which you can tap into three years, five years, ten years down the line, you're going to want to either be prepared to extract them from Kickstarter and bring them with you when you travel, or uh, you're going to want to find a place where you trust the people there and you trust their model. And that's kind of the thing why game, a lot of people are looking at GameFound is because GameFound is openly pro-creator. They have a lot of open channels to creators and they have a lot of stuff like that. And so people, so for like, you know, a lot of folks who are doing GameFounds, it's like, yeah, maybe your first GameFound will not be as successful as your first Kickstarter would have been. And, you know, like maybe, it, you know, like maybe it's a, who's to say what the difference is, right? Maybe it's a, like a 15 or a 30 or a 50% difference, but it's probably true that in 10 years from now, you will have a, you will still be on GameFound doing stuff. You know what I mean? And who knows right. what GameFound will look like in 10 years. So yeah. there's kind of the, the appeal of GameFound, I think, is not that it can outfund Kickstarter, but that in five or 10 years from now, you'll be able to trust that it'll still be looking out for you in a way that you can't trust that with Kickstarter, you know? Because mm. Kickstarter has made it clear they are not looking out for you. They don't give a rat's ass about you. They'll screw you over if they can. So, mm. like, <laughs> and that's it for me. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's that's the spot I'm in, right? Where where we've got, you know, 10,000 people in kick, inside of our Kickstarter, you know, like mailing lists and stuff. And we are, if we are to leave Kickstarter, which, again, you know, is a question I throw around daily, um... <laughs> We have to pick up those 10,000 people and carry them with us wherever we go and hope where we bring them will be a place that we can trust that, you know, in 10 years from now, we'll, they, they can kind of grow there. So, you know, it's that kind of fear. It's a lot like looking for a new house, you know, it's that same, or you're looking for a new place to live. It's that same, uh, it's that same fear, I think. Well, someone has moved many times. Yes, there's definitely a, a sort of a similar fear that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think the way you put it there is probably a great way because again, we're not going to solve it here. Yeah. But I do feel like I've gotten more information. I'm not, I'm less mm-hmm. dumb now than when we started this conversation, which was my goal. <laughs> I love I love how you're like I'm. I love how you're like I'm dumb. And then it, like five minutes into the conversation, you're like, "Well, I've been reading a lot about this." And it's like, "Okay, well." <laughs> Are you that? <laughs> I'm so smart enough to know how dumb I am, or I'm dumb enough to know how smart I am. One of the that's, other. That's that's a lot better position to be in than on the extremes of the bell curve. <laughs> yeah. That we 
that we're not going to solve it here, that it's still going to come down to a personal question for each backer and each creator is going to have to answer for themselves. And mm-hmm. it can be project dependent. Yeah. Like I may say, I'm not going to put my project on there, but I'm mm-hmm. still going to back another one because it's just something yeah. cool. Or it's because someone else mm-hmm. that I respect is on there because I know that's how they make their living and they can't mm-hmm. afford not to do a Kickstarter this year. And they're yeah. probably going through the same thing and maybe they're looking for something else, but their next project is mm-hmm. what's going to pay their bills for the next six months. So yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw them the $35 for a PDF like I would have anyway. Yeah. Uh, but maybe 2023, it looks different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I still don't, I still don't know what we're going to do. I still got to talk to Tracy about our game. Mm-hmm. I still, mm-hmm. you know, I think my convention, I think it can survive without Kickstarter. I think mm-hmm. it can. I think it'll just, I'll basically go to Kickstarter and say, here's the update. The update is come over here and buy a ticket. Yeah. But beyond that, I just, I don't, mm-hmm. I think what, what's the sad part to me mm-hmm. is like what you're saying. You have 10,000 backers that you want to try to bring somewhere and whether or not you can do that is a challenge you and your team are going to have. You'll mm-hmm. probably be 80% successful. Mm-hmm. But then those 8,000 are on your place. Mm-hmm. They're not also on this other place. Yeah. And that's what the Kickstarter did yes. for us is it brought all these people together and it allowed yeah. us to cross pollinate and share. And there's been some crazy ass stuff that was created on Kickstarter that would not have happened otherwise. And now it may not happen. But if it does, it's going to have to happen somewhere else probably whether yeah. it's game founder there's the other one that i, I apologize I'll, I'll throw it in the show notes when i think of the name i'll put all the links into all the yeah, places cannibal halfling games i think did a good article on uh the alternatives to kickstarter okay um where they so yeah, i'll link up. all that in there mm-hmm. uh, we need someone to go on kickstarter and kickstart a different program than kickstarter like basically the kickstarter replacement should be kickstarted on kickstarter because that would show them um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and, and, you know, again, completely on tangent block, we did a show last year for a while, uh, or two years ago called uh, economic fundamentals where we would mm-hmm. like Kickstarter stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to do that. I don't know yeah. that I want to like highlight Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. I went to GameFound. I couldn't find anything I wanted to highlight. I so. know. I know. And that's the problem. Also, I think that one of the things I'm really dealing with is, um, I'm a marginalized creator, right? Like I'm a, I'm a trans person and, um, a lot of the, um, you know, I'm non-binary and stuff, and a lot of the, the like, the platforms, the alternative to Kickstarter are uh, very uh, traditional, right? Like, you go on there and, like, you know, GameFound, the highest rated, you know, the the most, you know, the, the, mo- the, the project that's made the most money is a Skyrim board game. And that kind of sets the tone for a lot of the projects on there. And you see that with Indiegogo, right? Where Indiegogo is a tech hub and, like, you know, it's got, it's, it's got tech, you know, like it's kind of got that tech bro energy to the, to a lot of the projects on there. And again, like I am in a uniquely lucky position where I think that if I, you know, through the breach something, if I come in blaze, you know, guns blazing and, you know, stick my flag in, in wherever, and I go, this is, you know, this is, this is for the gay people now, right? I can pull, I can, I can right. maybe change this culture a little bit. Um, but like, it's still a reality that like, I, I look at a lot of these places and I'm like, this doesn't, you know, this isn't the kind of content I want to be creating. This isn't the kind of community I want to be creating. And it's, it, it's disheartening, I think, because we lose out on a lot of the really kind of important, like, yeah, as you were saying, like collaborative feeling, collaborative feeling, but also like the ability to share and the ability to cross pollinate and the ability to like, you know, kind of easily feel like i like it was it's kind of a great feeling i remember um we did a kickstarter back in october 
And I had a friend whose Kickstarter ended up launching on the same day as ours. And we were able to, like, toss stuff back and forth with each other and, like, promo each other and updates. And, like, that kind of feeling of, like, yeah, we're both here on this platform. We're both, you know, taking our taking the fight to it um, is a really important part about it. That I think that regardless of what happens, we don't live in the same publishing world that we did in 2020. We don't live in the same publishing world that we did in, in 2018, you know? I don't think, um, I think that the culture, regardless of whether or not the backers are moving around, like, like the backers might just be on Kickstarter still because that's where they are. But I think the culture that we're seeing is uh, very different. And I think there are, I think that the answer probably is also going to come in the form of advertising, right? That like, Places like BackerKit, you know, even GameFound has kind of its ads resources, which is like another very appealing part about it. Um, these kinds of um, these kind of ad programs, which have really been the backbone of like basically every Kickstarter that's made more than half a million, every RPG Kickstarter that's made more than half a million dollars in the past two years was getting you know getting pushed by BackerKit, and you see that right with like. My own Wander Home, you know, got a ton of support from Backer Kit, uh, but also Thirsty Sword Lesbians, Mothership, Avatar, you know, uh, whatever other incredible games came out in the past two years that I can't even remember. You know, they were all kind of uh, getting, you know, given a huge boost through cooperation with Backer Kit. And so it's like what the future looks like, I think, is going to become less platform dependent, more advertising dependent and more dependent upon... I genuinely think that whoever figures out how to run a PR company for small press indie creators will rule the industry, right? Like the first person to be like, Hey, we're, uh, we're dragons advertising. <laughs> we're, you know, we're goblin advertising and we will advertise your game. They will, they could, they could, sh- sh- they would become the immediate kingmaker of RPGs because advertising, I think, is becoming more and more crucial. Uh, as platforms kind of fade in terms of relevance. That's my perspective. Uh, And just with that, I mean, things like the Avatar game can't be understated that Mm -hmm. you have an entire generation of people who love that game, who, or excuse me, love Mm -hmm. that that TV show, who probably came into the RPG because of the show, not the other way around. So you're going to get more and more of these people like, oh, you know, nerds like this stuff. What's, you know, so you're just going to get more and more of it and the bigger companies are going to have the money to, to push those sorts of things. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. you know, it's going to be harder to fight for space. Like, you know, uh-huh. you're very fortunate that Bagger Kit was able to support you, but they get a percentage, right? Yeah, like when yeah they, they get do a percentage. That, yeah, exactly. Right. You're, it is pay to play. It is, it is pay to play very explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, someone that, doesn't have you know a, a multi-million dollar IP behind them already. Mm-hmm. It, I think that's what Backer Kit is so. I, honestly, I think Backer Kit and Kickstarter are almost like two separate things that could be talked about in, in halves. Oh, yeah, like, because Backer Kit is also part of like the production of it. You know, they mm-hmm. they have so much, they're f- the fulfillment that mm-hmm. without them, Kickstarter doesn't do half what it does for public. And honestly, honestly, here's the thing about Backer Kit, and I've I've said it to them. I've like. When meeting with backer kit folks, I've said this to their face, which is that if they, all they need to do is give a front end, right? Do the 30 minutes you were talking about and make a thing to, to do a, to do campaigns on backer kit. They could take it over in a heartbeat, right? Everyone would switch to them because they have a lot of goodwill built up and they have a lot of folks who have a lot of experience working with them. And like that is, I think 
the kind of spot a lot of people are in where it's like Kickstarter is currently it's like Kickstarter wears the crown, but everyone's looking for a new king, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that we haven't quite found the answer yet. And therefore, because of that, I don't, you know, I support people who are experimenting. I support people who are playing it safe. We all have to do the complicated mental calculus that comes with being alive. And that means for some people, they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to experiment and they're going to risk it to try out new options. Other people are going to play it really, you know, conservative and keep it to their chest. And that is also a totally reasonable way to approach what's going on. But I think that the, you know, there are going to be experiments that succeed. There are going to be experiments that fail. There are going to be, you know, people who play conservative will, you know, will play it safe. But I think the important part is that people are looking for a solution. And while one hasn't been found yet, you know, like, it's like everyone's kind of, everyone's kind of poking around. And I think, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if six months, a year, two years from now, hopefully not two years from now, hopefully less than that, but there, we, we, a new status quo develops and a new kind of, you know, where do people stand on this develops. But, and I anticipate Kickstarter, even if they walk back on all the crypto stuff, even if they apologize and, you know, take it all back and realize they messed up with their creator base, I think that they are no longer on the throne. You know, I think that we're going to see the push for something else to come up because they've shown even again, you know, on the purely pragmatic level, they've shown that they cannot be trusted. Um, and that kind of, I think, shattered the goodwill people had. You know, the very tenuous goodwill, right? But, you know. Right. Yeah, there have been some other missteps as mm-hmm. well. Um, well, Jay, thank you so much yes. for, for joining me. Again, anyone who's listening, I hope we've helped in some way with your personal journey about what's going on, whether you yourself are thinking about going to Kickstarter or if you're trying to decide if you should back them or not. Again, I think it ultimately comes down to what Jay said. It's going to be a personal decision you have to make case-by-case basis. Likely for now, it's still Kickstarter is the biggest you know, biggest game in town, but there are other avenues people can explore, whether it's a personal website they do, another you know, game founder or that kind of thing, or just you know, PayPal, which has its own issues. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. If you, know, you have thoughts and opinions, please feel free to, you know, to, when this episode goes out, tag us there, leave comments in the, the, the comment section on those. Um, I hope that you will support my, my games uh, whenever they come out, however they come out, because we don't know yet, but I'm sure if you listen, you'll, you'll get those announcements. Uh, Jay, do you have anything that you want to plug for yeah. a moment? What, what do you have coming up we can talk yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you can find me and my team or at possumcreekgames.com. You can check me out. I am the most notable Jay Dragon in the world, although shockingly not the only one. Um, mm-hmm. So if you search up my name, you can find me uh, on Twitter and such. Um I want to plug uh, March 22nd, 2022. We have a crowdfunding project. I <laughs> We'll see what platform it's on, but Miss Ava's <laughs> Bed and Breakfast, uh, recently named uh, Polygon's one of most, one of Polygon's most anticipated RPGs of 2022. Uh, it is a slice of life game, uh, episodic, built on legacy mechanics. It has stickers and this, you know, all sorts of fascinating, weird things. It's a really interesting game. Our team has been pouring our heart and souls into it. And uh, I hope whether or not it's on Kickstarter or wherever else it ends up, uh, you come check us out. There will be a link uh, to uh, the email list in the uh, show notes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I will. I would love to have you all check it out because you know it's a really great thing that I'm really hyped about. And we, I've certainly spent many days worrying about where it's going to live. <laughs> <laughs> Completely understand. And and I'll plug 
we do a, a series of shows here called Show and Tell. There might be people who come listen to this from you, who this is their first time listening to the RPG Academy. Uh, we do a ton of different show types, one of which is called Show and Tell, and those are generally Kickstarter-related. There are other some sort of project. So we'll have a creator on. We talk about the project, when it goes live, that kind of stuff. So when we get closer to that March 22nd date, if you want to reach out to Tom um, on Twitter or me, I can get you in contact with him. He handles all of our interviews for Show and Tells. Um, and, you know, we can hopefully get a few more people to come check it out where. Oh, incredible! Yeah, we should uh, we should chat about that because uh, I think you'd I think you'd really dig it. I think it's a neat it's a neat thing. So fantastic! Well, Jay, once again, thank you for joining me. Uh, for anyone listening, just remember that no matter what you're doing, what game you're playing, the system or edition, what rules you use, don't use or misuse. As long as you and your friends are having fun at the table, you're doing it right. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook or join our Discord where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.